0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome here to this special edition of Husker Online Radio. And Sean Callahan, pleased to bring in uh, a guy that, you know, if you're on Husker Online and Nebraska rivals, a guy that we were joking this week, it feels like we grew up with him on the site, um, Chris Brooks, former Nebraska wide receiver, a member of the famed 2005 nationally ranked top five recruiting class for nebraska and you got a son here chris brooks jr which really makes me feel old because when chris signed with nebraska or committed he said yep come on out to st louis fly out, out here and let's do it and here's chris brooks jr and and you weren't even one i don't think he were you how old how old was he in january of 2005 chris
2: uh he would have been about eight months
0: Eight months. So, yeah, you were eight months old when I met you, and, and now you're 16, 17? 17. 17. So here we are. And a lot of our members on the site, when they said Chris Brooks Jr. was coming to camp, it's like, man, I've been on Rivals a long time because uh, we remember following dad's recruitment, and, and let's get down to it. Now, now you're a dad, and, and you're doing this all over again with your son. Um,
2: what has that been like for you, Chris? Um, it's <laughs> It's been a lot. You know, it's been fun. Um, it's been very, very educating. Um, it's been surreal, you know, especially you know being in Nebraska. You know, me and Chris talk about it a lot, but it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. So we we have enjoyed the process, and um, it, it's a learning process. Um, we we get a lot of information, and I, I you know I pass that on to him, and we have adult conversations, um, which is which is fun. It, it, it builds relationships even more with, with me and he. Um, so uh, he and I, I'm sorry. So, but it's, it, it's been really, really fun.
0: Yeah. What did, what did, when you, people ask you about your dad, you get asked about him all the time. I mean, he was a St. Louis high school football legend, number one guy in the city at that time. And now you're, you're coming up. I mean, do older guys say you, you Brooks's kid?
1: Well, say, yeah, I kind of hear that a lot. I'm about to say whenever, um, someone hears my name, they don't think on it at first. And then they have me like repeat it. And like, I say, I'm Chris Brooks. And they're like, junior. I'm, like, Yeah. So we all have a uh, – we share a laugh about that, and then we, we talk about how good it was. But I say, yeah, I hear it quite a lot, actually.
0: Now, Chris Sr., you went to Hazelwood East, and, and Chris Jr., you go to St. Louis University High School. Is that right? Yes, sir. And, yeah, how, just give us – Chris Sr., give us an idea of the landscape of St. Louis High School football now. It's obviously a lot different than when I first met you in 2005, and your son's playing for one of the traditional private school powers there. And, and just from my naked eye, it seems like in St. Louis – the private schools are, are, are where the, the prospects all tend to go now.
2: Right. You know, it, it's different. You know, public public high schools, still really, really good educations, But now I'm in St. Louis. I won't say recruiting, but if you go to a private school, you can go. Better resources. You have better resources. <laughs> and you can go to a private school and be eligible. You know, when I was growing up, I lived right behind Hazelwood East, so I was going to Hazelwood East. Um, but now that, that landscape has changed where – i can live in hazelwood but i can go to school in front or i can go to school in kirkwood because there's a private school there with no kind of barriers as to where you can live it's just like get here so Trend, you, do they
0: offer transportation for some kids s- even? some
2: some do they have a pickup location you know for like a north county or north city or whatever and it allows you to be able to go to a better school so um st louis was an area that was really really hit by dsec program a long long time ago and so this is something that just kind of really transition to that um, but the private schools are the big schools I'm um, still some good public schools they have a lot of good football players and a lot of good football teams um, but private is is where it's at right now
0: we're talking to Chris Brooks Sr former Husker and his son Chris Brooks Jr and, and and Chris Jr you were in Lincoln here for a private workout with Nebraska on Friday and that's why you're in studio with us here today um, what was that experience like you was that the first one of those that you went through as a recruit coming up
1: uh yeah, that was my first um visit. Um, I I had a lot of fun. It was really, really fun for me to see like all the, um his old stomping grounds, I guess you say, and hear about how I I was here and how how I was there at, at such a young age, and I was just like, now nah, I'm here doing my own thing, and I'm trying to um come up and do what I can. So it's it was kind of cool to just hear about like the progression of everything, like from. Him down to me.
0: Where do you take him to eat? If there's like one place in Lincoln that you remember and it's still around, or you're like, All right, we're going here first to go eat. Valentino. Hell you're a Valentino's
2: guy. <laughs> we, we were in the we were in the um in the break the room lounge. in the players lounge. Um he was like, Yeah, dad Valentino I was like, Hell yeah, excuse my leg. I'm like, Yeah, we're going to Valentino So um, his brother, um, younger brother, had some Valentinos for the first time. Um, but Valentinos definitely hit it up. That's it was
1: that. it was cold too, and it was still it was like still good. It, it was, I don't even like P.S.N. I was just like, we gotta get something after the
2: release. Shout out to Valentinos though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I've been to St. Louis uh, several times, and I'm not a fan of like the St. Louis style. The emos with the come pro, on, the, don't do that. The do that. cheese. I'm with you. It's, it's it's got a different taste.
2: It's acquired, you know. But if you homegrown and that's what you eat. You know what I mean? That's if you're, your style. If, if you got ten bucks and you're trying to feed your family, you going, you know, emos is where it's at. It's a it's a really, really good piece. At so St. Louis, we we love emos and we, we love Chinese food. Chinese. Food. We love that <laughs> we love that greasy Chinese food.
0: So yeah, you guys worked out, you were on campus, you had some Valentinos. What 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 was the workout like and, and, and kinda what did you walk away from the visit at Nebraska kind of knowing about kind of where things are at?
1: um so in the workout we we ran two forties and we had one pro agility um and then we went with our position um coaches so i went with coach lubick and we ran routes so i'm gonna say after we i had a really good time running routes so i'm about to say i didn't drop anything i ran everything the best way i could um after that i did a little bit a little bit of db work with coach fish that was who it was. Yeah, coach fish and then um Afterwards, at the end of the visit, I talked with Coach Frost and he kind of sat down with me and my family and said that um that he has a few guys um that haven't kind of decided what they're doing as far as committing um to Nebraska or not and depending on what they say it it would determine whether I, I get offered or not, but I'm about to say that's that's basically what he told me and my family so.
0: What else are you going to? You got some more camps that you're going to hit up here this month or
1: um, we're still figuring all that out, really, I'm about to say, because football practice started up, so I don't want to be missing that, especially since, you know, I'm a senior now, and everybody's looking like, where's Chris? I'm about to say, I kind of heard that a lot. I got texts from some of my um, friends, because I forgot to tell them, but I told the coaches. But, um, yeah.
0: You started as a freshman, right, at SLU?
1: Yeah. I'm about to say, I started first four games until, unfortunately, I got hurt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i remember we saw you at the the rivals camp and you know one of the biggest camps in the country is in st louis every year now i mean chris senior are you amazed how big that that linenwood satellite camp has gotten i mean that thing is just enormous
2: yeah they 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 do it the right way you know they 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 break it up so that kids can be seen um it's very 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 well organized um and I, i am surprised um Simply because I I wouldn't think about, you know, it being in St. Louis and being at Lindenwood. But, Sean, you know this, man. Just think about the talent that – In location. Think about the talent that comes out of St. Louis. You know, I mean, St. Louis kids can compete with kids in Florida, Texas. They're just bigger. They're just bigger cities. They're They're bigger states. Um. So, you know, when you think about it in retrospect, it just had to be somebody that stepped up and that could do it the right way, and then it was going to be successful.
0: Now, when Nebraska's coaching staff under Frost first got to Lincoln, one of the coaches um, said to me, like, we have to treat St. Louis the way we treated Miami when we were in Orlando because it is in terms of skill talent, receivers, and DBs particularly. I don't know if Nebraska's going to get a lot of O-linemen. They might get some DNs and D-linemen out of St. Louis. Um, but they said it, it's like what Miami was at UCF. But unfortunately, as we know, they haven't been able to to, to get a lot of guys. I mean, really, nobody other than Kevin Cosgrove. And you think about what Cosgrove did. He recruited me. He got you. He got Mike McNeil, NFL tight end. He got Keith Williams, NFL offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the big three that he got out of St. Louis, and I'm, I'm probably missing somebody else. Well, we can
2: go back to when he was at Wisconsin. You know, he got Scott Starks. You know, he got Fletch. He got all the Fletcher brothers. You know, he he got he almost had Damian Nash, who we know who Damian Nash is. And he went to Missouri. He went to Missouri out of JUCO. You know, guy that was committed to Miami. You know, so Kaz is is the goat at recruiting St. Louis, as I told you. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I think it's just relationships. You know, St. Louis is a—it's my hometown, but it's a bipolar town. You know, it's a bipolar field. You know, if you come in and communicate, it, it'll go a long way. Um, I, I just think the bridge just needs to be gapped. I, I think it's a great opportunity for for Nebraska staff to be able to come in and get some of these St. Louis kids because, if you think about it, you, you know, you 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 run you you run in this program. There's a ton of St. Louis kids who go places and are successful. You know, and. I think in Nebraska can get some of those kids. I, I think it'll definitely, you know, kind of, you know, propel them um, as a team as well as being able to recruit St. Louis. So, uh, great opportunity. And do you think offering these guys, like, right away, like
0: sophomore offers, I mean, you have to get in right away with them and get them on campus. And COVID hurt Nebraska in that sense because they couldn't get these kids on campus for the last 15 months. Right.
2: Um, I, I think you got to go go after your guy. Um, if it's a guy that I feel, you know, can can get my team to a next level, get my get my room to a next level, you have to go after him and you have to go after him with a purpose um, and not be afraid. Not not saying that that that's been the thing with St. Louis. I'm talking about just in general. But I think I think you offer him. I think you go after him and you, you recruit him hard as you would any other other player around the country. Um, they're, they're human. They're, their families are human just like everybody else, whether you're recruiting a kid from Colorado or whatever. You recruit them the same way and try to be able to get them and build your program. We're talking here to Chris Brooks Jr. and Chris Brooks Sr. here. Um, as you kind of go
0: through things in, in junior, you've got a number of MAC offers. I mean, how does that work? You get all these MAC offers and um, in, 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 you know, offers like Buffalo and whatnot. How do you sort through that in the process? Because you, know, you know you got, you got to decide if you want to go see some of these places, communicate. I mean, how do you kind of – manage that side of recruiting right now with trying to get those power five offers and, and, and getting that opportunity in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC?
1: I'd say just keep doing what we've always been doing. I'd say um, we we continue to just work hard. We, we know it's going to come along. We're, we know everything's going to come along when it does. So i to say we, we aren't going out looking for, I guess you can say. We just, I'm going to say that's something he's always told me, just make sure you're doing what you need to because when the opportunity does come along, you don't want to look back at it and be regretful. Like he, he told me, um, we actually had a conversation right before we went to Nebraska. He was like, "If you go in and do everything you need to do, and nothing comes out of it, you you can't look back and say that. Well, if I would have did this, or if I did this, I, I would have been, um, I would have got that chance I wanted. But if you go in and do everything you need to, whatever you want is going to happen. So we just take that approach for everything, really."
0: Will you will you have any visits to the other like Max School? I mean, like, do you have any? What's your plan, um, Chris Senior? Do you have a guy as far as where you want to go next, or is there somewhere you really want to see and get out to next?
2: Um, we're we're gonna go to Miami, Ohio on Tuesday. Um, gonna probably hit the East Coast, Northeast, um, a little bit louder in the month. Um, I'm gonna be honest, Shine. Right now, it, it's more so about yeah, we got to see see what we need to see, but we got to get back to work and. Um, when I say get back to work, Chris has got to get to practice. He he's got to you know build some things with his team and, um, and enjoy senior year. Um, everything it, it always falls into place, um, you know. So we're we're just really really excited about him. You know, being healthy, being being able to be a 17 year old kid, enjoy high school, and go and compete in one of the biggest and best conferences in St. in Missouri um, in the MCC um, and competing against some great schools as well. So that that's really what, it, what it's boiling down to at that point. You can't, you can't get everywhere, so we're excited about it.
0: Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, we're talking here to former Husker Chris Brooks Sr. Um, and Chris, I want, I want to talk now more about your playing days, your career. Jesus. Kinda, <laughs> we're, we're old enough now, we can live back on that time. Um, but you were recruited by Bill Callahan um, in at least in this era the the highest ranked recruiting class at nebraska and yeah. it ended up bearing two big 12 players of the year in that class zach taylor and Indomican sue mm-hmm. um it ended up bearing several nfl guys out of that class i think you guys played in three conference championship games over five years mm-hmm. 2006 2009 2010 um, but obviously just some coaches got fired it didn't work out when it was all said and done i mean When you look back at everything with Coach Callahan first and then even with Pelini, but first Coach Callahan, I mean, you were there with him the whole way. Why do you think it didn't work um, when he was bringing in that kind of talent? And and you guys seem to be just knocking on the door, but just one thing short when it was all said and done.
2: It's a million-dollar question, Sean, and if I had that answer, I'm sure. Callahan (laughs) would bring
0: you on his staff somewhere. (laughs)
2: I'm sure he would. And I've talked to Callahan. You know, even when I was with the Colts, we lost to the Jets. Um, and the AFC champion or AFC wildcard or whatever it was and I hunted him down and he was like just keep working you know you got a great quarterback but you know winning cures all you know and even when it doesn't you know you still you know you people start scratching their head like well we're winning but you know you, you can always butt something um, I, I think getting there getting to the Big 12 championship as many times as we did was very very good um, but I also think And I say this with all respect, Nebraska fans are spoiled. They're used to winning national championships. They're used to, you know what I mean? Tommy Frazier, Scott Frost, you know, all these guys who have let Crouch, who's led them to national championship games, (laughs) getting there isn't enough, you know? And and I think that's just, at the end of the day, that's just what it was. And we could, you know, even go a little, a step further. You know, I was there when, when Bo Pelini first ran out of the tunnel. You know, you look at the very first picture, I'm standing there with Cody Glenn, and we're running out of the tunnel, and it was the same thing. I mean, just how many eight-win or nine-win seasons did did Pelini have in a row? You know, and, yeah, there were some other things that kind of came along with Pelini. (laughs) Passionate, passionate guy. Just like there's other thing that comes along with every coach. But um, I, I just think when you come to Nebraska, when I was coming to Nebraska and the guys that came before me, I was coming to Nebraska to win a national championship. When you go to other schools, you go in there to win a bowl game. And that was the difference. Um, And I really just think that that's kind of where everything still lays. I think a lot of Nebraska's fan base, you know, they were in the 90s and, you know, when they were winning, they want that feeling again. So how do you get that feeling? If your coach isn't going to get there, you got to find a new coach. And uh, unfortunately, some coaches don't have that time to get their guys in it's just like a it's, it's like a fix right now um but i do think that with scott frost coach scott frost it's a better opportunity for him because he's homegrown you know he you know probably has a year or two well he's in two and a half years but he has a little bit more time to get his guys in he could fail you know when i say fail he could lose a few games and it not really matter but he's going to have time to be able to get his guys in and do things his way. He's politically protected in
0: some respects, where
2: Callahan, for sure. as we know, was
0: not politically I mean, protected. Callahan
2: would be on every news station for you know doing all the things that he did on the for chewing the wrong kind of gum, or, you know, throat slash or you know all the crazy stuff that you know came with him. And Callahan's Callahan's the best offensive line coach in the NFL. You know, he, he's a great position coach. He just wasn't the best head coach. Um, but he was a great Monday through Friday coach. For sure. As a head coach. For sure. But Saturday,
0: like he, he would I, what I remember is he would have the world's best play script. Like you guys are playing in the 06 Cotton Bowl, I guess it was 07, <laughs> and Will Muschamp is the D coordinator of Auburn. And yep. and they are the best defense in the SEC.
2: We had a chance, too.
0: And you got you marched down the field two drives in a row and maybe it was 10 points or 14 on those two drives mm-hmm. and just completely Auburn's on their heels and the beat writers in the press box from Auburn are like no one's done this to Auburn all year like and then Champ made one adjustment he's like we're gonna get out of man because because Kep- they'd
2: love to play man K-
0: Callahan ran all the man beaters um and he goes we're just gonna play zone mm-hmm. and Zach Taylor couldn't throw the ball between the windows on the zone defense and then you guys didn't do any rest of the game yeah
2: yeah that's exactly what happened you know and and and, and which was mind-boggling to me because Callahan was always pressing we got our man beaters and we got our zone beaters so to to not be able to see that adjustment on first second and third down that they're in a zone now and be able to run our zone you know our zone schemes that that was a little different but I
0: that was Jay Norvell you know. what something else is interesting to me was that was Jay Norvell's last game at Nebraska before mm-hmm. he moved on and he was the OC, but Callahan was the OC, and
2: yeah. and, the, and then Sean Watson took it over, I believe. And after the story
0: that, that I had always heard was Callahan during that game turned off Jay Norvell's headset in the second half. I'm to plead the fifth on that. You're gonna plead the fifth. So yeah, you, I'm not plead the fifth so you, you, on that. <laughs> but that that was I mean, and Jay, I, and Jay's doing great. He's at mm-hmm. Nevada, and I mean, if Kirk Ferentz ever moves on at Iowa, he's a candidate. He's a former Iowa Hawkeye guy. That's a fact. But you think about it, you had some good coaches, Joe Rudolph is Wisconsin's OC now, and you mm-hmm. played for Joe Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think who else was on that staff.
2: Gilmore was on that staff, Ted Gilmore, Sean Watson. Actually, no, Sean Watson. So Gilmore, was I mean, tight ends coach was Gilmore. in your opinion, was he a pretty good coach for you, developed you, and taught you a lot as a player? For, for me, yeah, because he told me exactly what I needed to hear. You know, he he told me the truth, um, and, and, and that's one thing. When you're talking to a St. Louis kid, don't lie to me. Don't sugarcoat don't, it. Don't, don't, don't. Tell me what it is, and look me in my eyes, and tell me what it is, and and I can accept that. And if I can't, I'm gonna transfer out, you know. Um, but but that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, if I got married tomorrow, Coach Gilmore would be my best man in my wedding. Wow. So you you know, guys so. still talk, now he's at Michigan State yep. now. So he's at he, State. Is he handling St. Louis for for Michigan State? Yeah, he he's recruiting the St. Louis area um, a little bit. I they got a, you know kind of a different dynamic. I'm not sure 100 percent what it is, but um, he did was in Dabs in St. Louis as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, just – you guys then, you know, you switched to Pelini and, and Watson and Gilmore stayed on that, that staff. Yep. So, you, you kept the continuity of what you were doing in some respects on offense. I mean, he brought in coaches that didn't really know that offense, um, but the two figureheads uh, – and that was something Coach Osborne, I think when he fired Callahan, it's like we got to keep Callahan's core concepts in mm-hmm. offense um, and then let Bo fix the defense. And it looked like that was going to work.
2: Yeah, it did. And it worked a little bit. <laughs> You know, um, I, I, I thought it was a – as a player, I thought it was something good because, you know, it's a new guy, but I'm with this guy every day. You know, and it was difficult for different positions, you know, obviously defense, but those defensive guys really, really took to Coach Pelini. Coach Pelini was a defensive coach. I mean, I'm not – it's not a secret. um, and, and he really, really migrated to the defensive players, you know, because he spent a lot of his time with them. Um, but it was good for the offensive side because we did have Gilmore and we did have, have Watts, you know, to be able to kind of still have some kind of continuity, familiarity, you know, for the guys that were there. All right,
0: I'm going to put you on the spot.
2: Jesus. There
0: Give you me go. your best Harrison Beck story, and we see what he's doing on in, uh, TikTok right now.
2: I don't know. I, I don't follow Harrison. I have it.
0: Are you on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Nah. No, okay. He's got his own handle called Throw God
2: sounds about sounds about some Harrison <laughs> when you're making that
0: drive back but uh, give me your best random do you have any random hair? I, do. I R- do are they appropriate they're appropriate okay
2: so there was this movie I forget the name of the movie where a lady was on a plane and she pressed a button and um, her daughter wasn't there they want I forget the name of the movie but we're flying to Colorado get to 10,000 feet <laughs> Harrison Beck presses the little... Uh, this is 05 This is 05-06. O- 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 yeah, because 05 you
0: played at Colorado and that yeah. was the restore the order. Yep,
2: yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so we, he presses the button, the stewardess comes. She's like, yes. He's like, my daughter was just sitting right here and everybody, because we on that, literally that Friday or that Thursday we had watched the movie and he had pressed the button and the stewardess was looking at him like, what are you talking about? Your daughter's right here. So everybody on the plane was just dying laughing, but he's, he's a character, man. He, he's He's a character. He's, that's all I can say. Harrison Beck is a character. Now,
0: Zach Taylor, um, you know, he came in with you in that 05 class as the second quarterback. And I think Callahan was smart enough to know that they needed maturity. A mature, a maturity. Because Harrison Beck <laughs> was like 16. I mean, he was like a yeah. really, I mean, I, I think he was 17 when he got here. Yep. And then they're like, well, we can't start this guy as a freshman, and they took Harrison over Mark Sanchez. I mean, Mark
2: Sanchez was supposed to come in, and they canceled that visit. Mark Sanchez wanted to go to Nebraska. He didn't want to go to USC. He wanted to be a Husker. That's a fact. I,
0: I mean, that's that was what I had always heard. Now, I know, like, his family liked USC, though, and his dad, they were from L.A. Mm-hmm. And, and whatnot, but, you know, I think being that quarterback in this system, he would have been a three-, four-year starter. Um, but yeah, you, you bringing Zach Taylor. I mean, did you have any idea that like, this guy was going to have this kind of impact? Not only as a player, he's Big 12 Player of the Year, but now he's the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: I think, I think you can ask anybody on that team, and everybody on that team know knew, knew that he was going to be the guy. Like he, obviously was was there in the spring, um, really showed that what he could do. Really showed his leadership skills. He can he can make every throw on the field. You know, at that time. You know, had a little bit trouble reading coverage at times, but had an NFL arm, wasn't the tallest guy, wasn't the most athletic, but he was smart and he could throw the football Um, and he was a leader. And and that's really what we needed. You know, and I say we, you know, as if I was there at that point. But when I got here, I could see that he was a leader, you know, from the way he took control of the huddle. To the way he went out there and just and played football, and he made plays, and he took some big hits. A lot of people don't realize he took some big hits. And the Michigan-Alamo Bowl. I mean, his helmet, was, his his mouthpiece. I mean, his chin strap was in his mouth.
0: That's a game Nebraska really had no business winning in terms of just talent on the field versus talent on the field. You guys were so young, and that was like that. Michigan team had like fifty draft
2: picks. On yeah. it. I mean it's crazy. Yeah, they they were they were solid. Mike Hart, then Chad Henney, um, Mario Manningham. That's just, just three people who got drafted to the NFL. Who was off the that guy? Team? Was it
0: Steve Breston that returned kicks? Yep. And I still see Adamakis around Lincoln, and and it's like Adamakis and these like small town Nebraska guys. I mean, they're Adam Akis had like a dislocated shoulder, and he's yep. running down, tackling, yep.
2: um, <laughs> tackling Steve Breston on kickoffs in the Alamo Bowl. We went down to the last play of the game. Literally, the last play of the game. Yeah, um,
0: Mike Tirico announcing that game, and yep, before you know, he got big, big Herb Street was doing that game on TV. But that that it felt like that was a turning point and then the cotton ball. I mean, I don't think anybody could have seen Callahan in 07 being fired after 05, 06. I mean, that that was a really big turn because I felt like the 06 team in terms of talent was one of Nebraska's most talented teams mm-hmm. since the national championship. And then obviously the 09 team would, would be in the 10 team would be up there. Right.
2: too. Well, I, I, you know, as I've gotten older and given him more thought, you know, you know, at that time I don't, Callahan may have upset a lot of people behind the scenes, right? I think it's fair to say that, but in, in, in firing him, I think a lot of people at the top knew that we had something where we could win right now. And you're not firing a guy, you know, that took you to a Big Ten champ, a Big 12 championship at that time and been successful recruiting. You're not firing a guy unless you know you can get somebody that can get the job done. And obviously we know Bo Pellini could get the job done. Um, And he was a Nebraska guy. Um, So, it, at that time, it just kind of made sense. You know, I remember playing. We were getting our butt kicks. Um, still went to a bowl game. I believe we even played in a championship, a Big 12 championship that year. But there was a sign in the <laughs> in the crowd. It said, Surrender Bill Callahan and Steve Peterson. And it was just like we all – everybody kind of saw it on the sideline. We all were just like – yeah, this might be the end.
0: Well, the USC game at 07. I mean,
2: we weren't going to beat USC, Sean. We we weren't going to beat them. But that game
0: just the the way it unraveled. I mean, that that was the got game. Got embarrassed. I mean, that that then then Nate Davis and Brady Hoke with Ball State come in the next week,
2: 70 points or something like but
0: that. But you still won that game. Still won. And then the next week you beat Iowa State. So you you guys were 4 and 1. And the yeah. guy and the guy got fired. Yeah. And they started out 4 and 1. I mean, it, it, it is nuts when you think about how much it unraveled after, you know, USC losses, USC, you're still 4-1, and one, and then right. you only won one more game the rest of the season, and that was against Kansas State and Josh Freeman.
2: Yeah. And well, Josh Freeman should have been should a Husker. Have been, should have been a Husker. And sure. so
0: should Blaine Gabbard. I mean, two first-round draft picks.
2: Yeah. What can you say? You got to recruit, you know. And I, I remember when – I remember the day Freeman had decommitted. They came into meetings – very, very upset. And I think it's safe to say they kind of took it out on the players a little bit. But as a motor, you know, I kind of understand you lose. Well, I think Free was probably the number one quarterback in the country at that time. Well, for what? Five, I mean, for what, for what they wanted. Yeah. I mean, he was a top I mean, 100. Six, five, guy. big arm, NFL arm, got drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks. I played with Free um, down His at, dad Tampa. was calling
0: the shots there, though. His dad, Ron, or his dad um, wanted him to play for Ron Prince, right? Okay. I and mean,
2: that was the deal, right? I, I, I that I don't know, but you know I had hung out with Free, you know, on when he was up here. I mean, he was up here all the time. He was up here when he wasn't on, on official visits, you know. So he was up at a lot of games. They were
0: recruiting him when he was like a freshman, pretty yeah. much. I mean, they started getting on him yeah. early.
2: Yeah, Missouri kid, but he. I mean, we all know what what he was capable of, and obviously, you know, he went pro and, and did everything that he did. So, yeah, your
0: quarterback that year, and that actually looking back at this recruiting class, you guys did not take a quarterback in 'o six. So once he decommitted, um, I'm looking at this commit list, there was no quarterback in the recruiting class, which that's rare. I mean, you just don't. So yeah, You that, always take a quarterback. That set them back at that point when Josh Freeman, uh, and that was the same recruiting class that had Maurice Purify. Um, <laughs> Mo, <laughs> Mike McNeil, Kenny Wilson.
2: Yep. Keith Williams probably was in that class also. D- DJ yeah,
0: Jones, I mean, Carl Nix. See Nix.
2: Super Bowl winning Carl Nix.
0: Brandon, trying to think who else is in the. Pierre Allen was in this class. Mike Smith. I mean, that was a really good recruiting class. Pierre On,
2: Allen was the Gatorade Player of the Year in basketball in Colorado. Oof. And went and played football.
0: Major Colbert, uh, MC. He shut down. <laughs> he shut down um, Missouri one game. Remember, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he played like that played joke, Robert, spy, the Robert, Joker.
2: Joker. Yep, they put that specially in for him. That's that's funny. Good times. Ricky Tenars. <laughs> Ricky D. I think Ricky's in California doing good things too. So damn, we we had it. We had some guys, you know, some some really really good guys that did some great things, you know, on the field. I think, to to be honest, out of out of that o five o six, I think the most undeniably talented guy was Marius Purify. Even like, better than Sue, Marius Purify was a man. I mean, he 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 just he I'm gonna say a dog. You know, he he was a dog, and he from day one. I remember the first play that he. Caught a pass on it was a go route, and Coach Gilmore looked over at Callahan and Watts, and he said, "I he like under his breath he's like I told you," but it was it was against Courtney Grixby. No, it wasn't. It wasn't against Gritsby It was against Andre. Who was the corner Jones? Andre Jones, and he was a five star. And he was a five star. Reggie Bush hosted Andre Jones on his official visit at USC and we Still Nebraska, got him. Nebraska got him and he
0: took that was a Bill Bush Elmatian. yeah
2: you know, he he took he took him up top on the first play that he ever caught a pass um, at practice and That's he bar- i mean he barely
0: qualified i mean he was doing like BYU online to yeah. get in i mean it was like a last second deal yeah
2: he he had some things going on with him you know but he he was he was a very talented specimen
0: that was a i mean we you, you think about difference makers i think about the 06 Texas game and that Texas team had won the national title mm-hmm. the year before, and their their whole secondary was NFL guys. They, the, two, the two brothers were in the secondary. I forget mm-hmm. Their names were, um, but
2: Trung, was it Trong?
0: They threw a little dagger route or slant route to him, and he broke like two tackles from yeah. first round draft pick dudes and scores like a sixty five yard touchdown. Yeah, and in the cold, it was snowing. It was chilly. Yeah, and Thomas, and, Tom, yeah, and and they, you know, those were the type of plays that you just can't script yeah. and, and Nebraska is not obviously as we know have not. I mean, the receiver play I think the last two years have been some of the worst we've seen at Nebraska in 20 some years.
2: No comment on no that. No comment. Sure. I mean,
0: but I mean the number like <laughs> after, after um, Stanley moved on and then JD Spielman kind of got disengaged, like the, 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 talent at that position group has not been what we thought it should. I mean, nowhere near what it had been. I mean, when you think about where, where it was, I mean, when Riley left, I mean, they they had multiple NFL dudes at receiver at that time. Yeah. I mean, Stanley and J.D. Spielman were on the roster. Brandon Riley, Alonzo Moore
2: was Kenny Bell on that team? Did he? Play uh, a he was, a oh, was a Polini guy. was a guy? And
0: then Demorne snell Okay, yeah, yeah, um, who played down in your St. Louis team mm-hmm. down there when you guys had the indoor um, the Blackhawks? The Blackhawks that that was Brandon Riley was on that team too. Okay, but yeah, you, you just think about receiver and. I mean that that was a position that got pretty good at Nebraska the last few years Keith Williams was coaching them um, but there's just been a, a gap in the recruiting and development and it just you know I think they've got it fixed now Though I, I really do I don't know how much you follow what the guy you know they brought in but Omar Manning Samori Torre Oliver um, uh, Miller from Martin excuse me Oliver M- Miller was a basketball player Oliver Martin from Iowa transferred here I mean they've got mm-hmm. some dudes it
2: feels like when you watch them I mean they, they look really really good on paper. You know, and, and that's all you can ask, you know, to start. Um, they, they took some strides in the spring, um, and let's just be honest. The offense that Coach Frost runs, you got to have good wide receiver play. Big dudes, physical you know, guys that can block. Yeah, and, and and you think about the other guys that are catching the football. The tight end room has been flipped. You know, they got some good football players at tight end. You know, they got a really, really phenomenal coach who coached a lot of good football players. One of my favorites, Brandon Marshall at UFC, UCF, you know, so – they flipped that room. They're, they're flipping the wide receiver room. You know what I mean? So to be able to play play catch, they got some guys that, that can really help them, especially, you know, RPO offense, you know, and things that Coach Frost wants to do. They got some guys that can definitely help them.
0: Now you played with Greg Austin, right? Did play with GA. Is that kind of cool? I mean, fun to see a guy, one of your teammates on the staff too, and, and catch up with
2: him a little bit? For sure. You know, I play with Barrett um, down in Tampa as well. So it was really, really good to see those guys. Um, you know, it, it – it feels a little bit more like home when you come back and you play with some guys and you, you know some of those guys as well, you know. So it was really, really good catching up with them as well this weekend. I want to go back to your playing days. Another quarterback question
0: I had for you um, because I think people are interested for players' take on this. You were on O seven team. Give us your take on Joe Gans versus Sam Keller. It, it, it we're like ten, twelve, fifteen years removed. No one's going to get offended. You sure? <laughs> well. We were pissed off. So, like the team, Joe went, Joe was our guy. Why did it go down that way then?
2: Because they promised Sam Keller the job
0: when he when he transferred from Arizona State. And we all knew that.
2: I and mean, he he was coming off a Heisman season, you know, caliber season. You know, he was preseason gonna be, you know, all this and all that. And
0: but then they went with Rudy Carpenter over yep. Sam Keller, which should have probably been a red flag for Nebraska
2: for for sure. You know, and I had an opportunity to play with Rudy in Tampa as well. Um, but Joe is our guy, you know, and you know, when you get in quarterback situations where there's controversy or you don't know which guy you, you want to go with, you better listen to your team. And and when I say listen to your team, because our team went way harder for Joey than we ever would have went for Sam. We, we didn't, didn't know hence Sam. the, um,
0: the Kansas state win that year after Joe, that was his first start. Yeah. And then the Colorado game, that's a game you guys should have won in Boulder. Yep. But everybody knew Callahan was going to get fired the next day, and the mood was a little different. Yep,
2: yep. And but 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 again, you know, I'll go back to it. And they knew, they knew how we felt. But Callahan made some sort of agreement, or you know how too much grows. NFL
0: thought there. You, For sure, they looked at Keller as this is an NFL guy. For sure, and Joe, as we know, is I mean, he hadn't arrived yet. He was not well. He's never going to be an NFL quarterback, but you know he was kind of like that guy at Texas, Todd Reesing You know, great,
2: yeah. coll- great college quarterback. Yeah. But but there's a lot of great college quarterbacks that have won you a lot of big games, and when you turn the film on on Joe Gantz, he, he's not going to wow you with his height. He's not going to wow you, you know, with a lot of things. But he's going to wow you with his heart. He's going to wow you with his effort, and he knows how to make. Reads and good throws, and he showed that. I mean, I think he passed for one of the highest, you know, passing games in Nebraska history. He was our guy. I mean, we <laughs> we used to say, "In Gans, we trust." You know what I mean? We wanted Joe Gans to be our quarterback, but you know that was above our pay grade.
0: Yeah, you think about. I talked about that Michigan win. You pay guys 30. were were really uh, really outmaned.
1: Scholarship them. checks. We
2: were getting, <laughs> Not, you know, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah,
0: b- Michigan was the team you were you know, outman and won that game, that Clemson game in the Gator Bowl. I mean, that was Dabo Sweeney's first year. Yeah.
2: But they were loaded. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't play that game because um, I had a foot injury. You were injury. on that trip, though, right? I was on the trip um, and watching what Joe did against an NFL team. Because I think the running, they had two running backs that went pro. Um, Boyd, or the quarterback, had a chance, you know what I mean, at, at the league. Had a great career at Clemson. Um they had the guys. We shouldn't have really been They played cover <laughs> zero. They they saw Todd yes. Peterson and Nate Swift and they go, You know what? Yes. We're just gonna play cover zero <laughs> on these two dudes. But, but they didn't know these were the great white hopes. <laughs> you know, these guys could run routes and compete. Um and they did, you know what I mean? And Joe and got it to him. He did, you know, and, and again we we came into the game knowing that we had an opportunity to win. We but we knew that we had to play our best. And we did play our best and you know, the the rest is history. Yeah, that
0: was uh I mean after '07, that '08 Gator Bowl, I mean it just felt like wow, you know, mm-hmm. it it, w- it was turning back and Pelini had kind of the right feel. And then the next year, I'm trying to think in 09 you went to the Big 12 Championship game and yep. then 2010 you went to the Big 12 Championship game. I mean, so it we could it, never win them. No. Well, '09 though, I mean think about that game. I mean, nobody gave you guys a chance. Nobody. And you can argue that game is what propelled Nebraska to go to the Big 12 conference. Yep. If you guys beat Texas, I'm not so sure Nebraska goes to the Big 12. Big 10. Big 10, excuse me, because they're the top of the Big 12 at that time. They're happy. You kind of get screwed over in that game. They add a second back on the clock. You know, and Osborne's upset. Pellini's upset. And if, if if you
2: could have been a fly on the wall, Pellini chewing out the reps from the Big 12. He... Now, I've heard some of the tape. Like was the, that that game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I remember
1: you that. Because oh, he with was mom, on the big screen. grandma. And you could see his reaction to, like, um, the last seconds of the game. Like, he was pissed off.
2: It, 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 Bo Pelini literally by those guys right in that section. He said, you guys wanted Texas in the national championship. You wanted them there. We did everything not to get them there, but you guys wanted them there. I mean, he was – Now, to be fair, though
0: – you guys should have scored some touchdowns. I mean, that, that, the quarterback play for Nebraska, if it's just a hair better, yep. you win that game going away. Yeah. I mean, Niles Paul, if you didn't he return one to, like,
2: the he, five he,
0: yeah. and you he guys did. couldn't score? I mean, it was ridiculous. Niles Paul was a great returner. that's
2: was my no, favorite player. <laughs> oh, MP. I just talked to Niles the other day. He, where is he at now? He's in Jacksonville. He's retired, enjoying life in Jacksonville. He's a, he's a dog lover. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that game, that game two, you know, that, that was kind of always – In the big games, could we score points? That was just what it was. And, you know, we always used to say it's going to come down to our room, the wide receiver room, you know, um, because we knew we could run the ball, but we were going to need some big plays to be able to, you know, kind of change the field. Flip the field is what we usually always kind of saw. You you say it with punts, but we wanted to flip the field, you know, and just make some big plays at the wide receiver position. And we just – we. For some reason or another, we just could never make those big plays in big games, and I'm talking about you know big ten, big twelve championships. Obviously, we played Oklahoma, we played Texas, we played, we played the big guys, and we never could be successful, you know, um, enough to be able to win those games.
0: I'm curious now. The college football playoff though, is going to go to 12 teams, so it's like some of those teams, like 09 and 10 and six, We would have had a chance. They would, they would have been in this. And I think this is a good thing for the game going forward because. You know, they, they've tried the fourteen team playoff, and I think it's excluded so many people where it's made it where you know, you're know you opting out of bowl games to go to the pros now. Even like the Cotton Bowl and the Sugar Bowl guys are opting out of playing in these games. So I think they're trying to find a way to engage at least the top 12 teams now and keep these top players in the bowl games, etc. And it's going to help Wisconsin. It's going to help Iowa. It's going to help Nebraska, Iowa State, regional teams in our area. Where they have a chance now to be in this playoff, where right now it feels
2: like there's about six teams that kind of vie for the four spots every year. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's the big thing. I, I, me personally, I think it's going to show how much further along certain programs are. You know, you think about the people who have been in these these championship slots or the, the you know the top four: Alabama, sprinkle of Notre Dame in there, Ohio State, you know, and, and Clemson. That's really what it's been up up until now. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame. That's why I say you sprinkle a Notre Dame, you know, in there. I think they've been in two or three of the last. Georgia, Georgia. Can't can't forget. It's Georgia.
0: Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Clemson, Oklahoma.
2: Yep, and and, and and maybe Oregon. But but those are respectfully, those are those are the guys. You know, those are the the the, the powerhouses of college and football.
0: This lock on the playoff they have is giving them a lock on the recruits. Yep, and so if they don't fix this. You know it's going to be hard for the other programs to get some of these recruits, and I think this will balance that out a little bit more. We're like, you know what, I'm going to stay in the Pac 12 now
2: because I can go to the playoff now. Yep. But
0: right now, in the Pac 12, you can't go to the playoff. Yep, I mean, because they lose one game every year and they're out of it.
2: Yep, and, and, makes and sense. you're exactly right. You know, I, I think I, I think with that, it, it evens it out a little bit as far as recruiting goes. Because now, you know, if you're you know a Cal or USC or you know, team in that division and you see my home team or my coast team in the playoffs, you kind of, you do, you feel a little bit better. And it, it says, well, you know what, we're going to go to the playoffs. So some of those teams well will win. Home. Some of those
0: teams will win in the playoff too.
2: Well, yeah. Cause you gotta, you gotta play the game. And you, they're going to play <laughs> home sites
0: for the first round games.
2: Right. I mean, I, I think, I, I think it's a good opportunity for, for a lot of, a lot of schools who have one loss or two loss, you know, on, on, on their resume. I, I think it's a great opportunity for those schools you know, to be able to obviously earn a little bit of more income for the school, obviously earn a little bit of more TV time for their players because we don't get to see every player. We hear about, you know, what they're doing, but we don't get to see them. You know, so it's a great opportunity to be able to showcase, you know, universities that are, are close but not there yet.
0: We're talking here with former Husker wide receiver Chris Brooks Sr., son Chris Brooks Jr. joining us here in studio. I want to hit on name, image, likeness what what do you think i mean obviously it's a good thing i mean what do you think about it and and how out of control could this potentially get though when you look at just knowing what you know about maybe some of the quote benefits college athletes maybe were getting before and now it's all going to be legalized and and and, and there's going to be tons of things that maybe people aren't even going to be aware
2: that are going to happen that you know you can't really predict i think it needs to be monitored i think it's a great opportunity i think you know for for someone like myself I had a child in high school, so coming in and being able to earn, you know, some sort of revenue or or, or something like that would have definitely helped me. Um, but you don't want to muddy the water of college football. It's the purest thing out there. I played college. I played pro. And, you know, in the NFL, it was just like I did my job and I went home. Well in college, I did my job and I hung out with my friends and you know we built and we, we, we grew and things like that. So it's a different ball game. In the NFL, it's truly a job. Um, but I do think kids deserve the opportunity you know, to be able to benefit off their self and their family's name. I, I do believe that, but I do think it needs to be monitored um, to a certain extent. I'm not really, really educated about it like that. I'm gonna have to text Blake. <laughs> you know, and, and, and how I. How about that? Your old teammate. Oh my your gosh. two
0: team. I mean, These guys are the gatekeeper of a name, image, likeness. Yeah. But you knew how smart those two guys were.
2: Yeah, and, and Blake's career was cut short because he had concussions. And he was just probably just one of the smartest guys he on our team. He still got
0: C.J. Spiller to throw the football at him in the game. <laughs> and we give him crap about that. All His he, Blake did te- a big red wrap-up with us for years, and he's got the gif of that. And yep. So I'll tell your son this story. Um, Blake Lawrence who owns the social media company. Open Doors. Open Doors. He started linebacker. He's a four-star recruit out of Kansas City in the Gator Bowl. He, he kind of flustered C.J. Spiller and forced him out of bounds on a check down or something. And short of a first down, C.J. Spiller took the football and <laughs> throws it at Blake Lawrence and gets a 15-yard penalty.
2: It was funny. It, it was funny. But I, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, everything in the world is changing. You know, everything is social media. You know, now you have this. And we all knew that it was going to get to this point you know, and we still don't know how big it is. Um, but it's a great opportunity for kids to be able to earn a little bit of income. You know, just think about it. You know, I'd left Nebraska with $0 in my pocket. I, I left with $0. And in you guys my pocket. didn't
0: get the stipends. I mean, right now an athlete gets about 1400 a month.
2: Yeah. I was getting 800 and I had to pay daycare with some of it, my you bad. know, you know, no, it's my fault. You know, it's, <laughs> you know it's, my, it's all, that's all me, you know, but you know, the thing, you know, if, if, we're giving out fourteen hundred dollars a month now for scholarship checks why don't we take a hundred dollars of that put it in account for these kids and when they're gone or when they graduate they leave college with ten thousand dollars now it's not a lot of money but it's ten thousand dollars and maybe they have a good job but they have ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or whatever you know so i think and all players aren't going to benefit from this you know, there's going to, you're going to have your Martinez. You know, you're going to have, you know, your guys who it's are. some of these benefit. volleyball
0: players, too, like Lexi Sun. I mean, she's got the dude. largest Instagram account of I'd anybody. Say, dude,
2: yeah, I've heard about it. Dude, they're, they're going to. She's share. got like
0: 80,000. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, know, she, I saw her, like, I was on Twitter and I saw her because I was, that, that was around the time I said I was coming here and I oh, saw her. Oh, you saw her? No, like, it. What do you think
0: <laughs> of her? She should date an NBA player
2: for a while. No, I'm teasing him. I'm like, what did you think no, of
1: No, <laughs> like, literally, it was like, Cause it was Nebraska feed like on my page, and I'm like, I saw it, and I was like, wow, because it was like it was like thirty thousand likes on one post, and I was like,
0: yeah, she's big time. So she's coming back, and I I wrote something that you know, her coming back with name, image, likeness, she probably benefits to make some pretty good money this year off just her social account, which is the largest of any athlete on campus.
2: I mean, (laughs) you play volleyball at Nebraska, and if and if you're good, um. A lot of people are going to take notice to you, you know, and we talk about things changing. social media is is it's not the way of the world, but you get a lot of information from social media. You get you get a lot of insight to, you know, someone's life via their social media, what they post, what they don't post. And, you know, I've talked to my son about your brand and, you know, posting things with a purpose, you know, and not not using those those platforms for to vent or less is more less is always more, you know, and, and you know, she she's. She's maybe unintentionally put herself in a position to earn a lot of revenue. You know, shout, shout out to her. So, what,
0: as far as social platforms, Junior, or is Instagram like in your age group? Is that by far the most used? And is Twitter kind of just used because you have to use it for recruiting and coaches?
1: I'd say whenever I um like talk with some of my friends and like I'll tell them like I'm not going to post a video and then I they'll like text me a few days later like did you ever do it and I'm like yeah I have to post it on Twitter like because that's usually what you use Twitter for like professional yeah like press you releases a, you want to see a you want to coach to see it or someone important um I say kids don't really use Twitter now I'm like, like saying, Facebook
0: nobody uses that in I, I, I like I your say that's like your grandma and grandpa that. on Facebook you know <laughs> it's it's I
2: say I don't I don't have one of those. <laughs> Yeah, he's got Twitter and Instagram and yeah, he 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 doesn't post a lot, um, but he he uses it for, for what it's worth. Um but, say he
1: had to make me get <laughs> social media. Yeah, I had to
2: I had to make him get social media so that he could understand what was outside of St. Louis. I'd you say, know what yeah, I mean? We I we traveled up, and things
1: like, like that but I didn't I didn't like any of that. Like I was thirteen years old just i would say I was just hanging out with my friends. I didn't really care about like Snapchat and Instagram, and all of that. Is say. Snap
0: still big, or did the Insta Story kind of overtake Snapchat?
1: i say uh, I don't really know. They, One of the people, I think they different. go hand in hand. hand, in hand really, hand,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, a lot of people still use Snap, but now,
0: what do you use for years, senior? Like, what's your preferred social platforms?
2: Um, I would say I would say Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, I don't have a. I have a Facebook. It's not active. Um, I don't snap. Um, but, you know, I, I get on Instagram and I get on Twitter as well. You know, so those are those are my Facebook social media has got choices. so
0: toxic in the last year or two. I mean, just yeah,
2: I, I think Facebook is more, you know, let's connect with our family and our friends. Keep it family. But like if you I mean, it,
0: it can get pretty nasty. I mean, the comments on all that stuff can get nasty. <sighs> I
1: think it's like that anywhere, though. Oh, it, it, yeah, it is. Want you know, anything
2: you, you can't. I, I told him, you know. We look at some of the things that people comment on you know LeBron James's you know tweets and things like that. And I hope you I hope you break a leg or you know but you can't control you know people they're gonna do it on any pro f- um platform that they can um, See, we've been seeing so,
1: people do it in real life like yeah, person now I'm about to say with the playoffs with like how the fans have been acting I'm about to say, yeah, people are going crazy no,
0: yeah, it, yeah
2: it's it's. it's Everybody's been locked up, and that's not an excuse to, you know, do some of the things that's been done. But uh, it it has been it, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. So, well,
0: Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad that you guys came up here. Uh, you and Chris Jr. both uh, spend some time with me in the studio here. We've really not done a lot of these long, extended interviews like this with a former player, but. I thought you know we we knew you so well from when you were recruit a lot of our users on Husker line we we were joking this week that we feel like we've grown up with you and and your son for sure because he was eight months old when when you um, committed to Nebraska and I was in st. Louis that day way back when in January and um, that was a special recruiting year that I mean that was a year that captivated Nebraska fans into recruiting when you if you're being real the whole five class you know changed People's view of how they follow recruiting in Nebraska, and you were obviously a very
2: big part of that back then. Yeah, I think they called us "Back to the Future." I think that was <laughs> there was know, a lot of, of kind of a title, um, and it, it was it, it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun. You know, my roommate was more than lucky. Um, you in haven't the talked dorms. to Lucky? I was, haven't. I haven't talked to Lucky. Is and, he still in Nebraska? My understanding, he's still here. You know, but it it, it was it was very very fun. You know, um, it, it was a lot of a lot of exciting moments. Um, I I'll never forget when I was walking on my unofficial here. My mom was, was with me. Um Chris Jr. didn't come on the visit and we were walking down the street. It was like, Chris Brooks. I'm like, Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I knew I was gonna see you here on your visit. And I was I was blown away. You know, I'm just like, dude, I'm from North City, St. Louis, where, you know what I mean, you when the street lights come home, you know, I'm like, you get home. I'm on 10th and O right I'm now. I'm on 10th and O and you now you you know who I am. It, it just it just blew me away. But that's just the fan base. That Nebraska has, they always will, um, and and I, I believe that Coach Scott Frost, he's he's gonna. He's going to figure out something to be able to give these fans, you know, a little bit more to be excited about. So um, it's exciting times around here. Well, hopefully we're
0: seeing you back in Lincoln again. I, I know you're
2: sorting out your recruiting, and Nebraska could be an option for you. So hopefully
0: maybe we'll see you here playing in Nebraska too, Chris.
1: I say that, that, sound, that sounds amazing on me.
0: I know I'd love to do it. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for doing this. It's been a lot of fun, and let's do it again. Let's catch up again. And I know you're doing a lot of great things, Chris, with the uh, the younger kids in St. Louis, the, the rising you know, eighth, ninth grade type kids coming up every year. And uh, we're definitely going to be in touch with you about a lot of those things. For sure. Appreciate you having us. All right. Well, that wraps it up here for this special edition of the Husker Online Show.